You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked on Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan side of network. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend and uh, happy All-Star weekend. And we will talk about All-Star weekend. Of course, three Timberwolves participating in All-Star weekend this year. Uh, so I want to get to that here at the end of the show, but plenty to talk about before we get to that. Uh, we're at the the artificial midway point, I want to talk about the first 70% of the schedule, where the Timberwolves are now compared to we th- where we thought they would be and where they'll finish the season as well as what the schedule looks like right out of the break because it's going to be more difficult. It's going to get hard before it gets easy. And then the Wolves finish the year with, with a stretch of winnable games. So I want to get into that here in just a minute uh, and why I think the Timberwolves are actually in a really good position to be solidly in the seventh spot and maybe even make a run at that sixth spot. Um, First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also follow on Twitter at LockedOnTWolves and at BBeacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. So, of course, All-Star Weekend, it's usually a week or two earlier than it is this year. It's typically a little more than halfway through the season, more like 60%. This year, we're, the Timberwolves have played 70% of their games. They only have 23 games left. They're 59 games in, 23 to go. And we've got a pretty good sense for what this team is. And I think we kind of know what they're not. Um, currently, they're sitting number seven in the Western Conference. Uh, they're in a really weird position, actually. Um there's almost kind of like four tiers in the Western Conference, like really defined tiers. It's not quite as jumbled as we may have expected and certainly not as jumbled as the Eastern Conference. The Timberwolves right now are seventh. They're two and a half games behind the Denver Nuggets for sixth. Um, and I believe that includes the Nuggets, or I'm sorry, yeah, two and a half games behind the Nuggets for sixth. And they're two and a half ahead of the LA Clippers who are in eighth. So they're solidly in between those two. And two and a half games is, that's a pretty significant number. Um, you know, obviously 23 games left to play. It's far from insurmountable, but two and a half games is, is a, is pretty good separation for this time of year. So they're two and a half games ahead of the eight spot, uh, and four ahead of the nine, the Lakers, by the way, they're two and a half behind the nuggets for six and they're four full games behind Dallas at number five, Dallas and Denver have been just as hot as Minnesota over the past couple of weeks and have really kind of maintain that distance between themselves and the Timberwolves by virtue of playing exactly as well as the, as the Wolves have. So it's, it's really kind of weird. You've got Phoenix at the top by themselves and you've got Golden State and Memphis who are your solid two and three and in some order will be at the end of the year. And then Utah, Dallas and Denver are all within three games of each other at four through six. The Wolves are kind of by themselves in seventh. And then the Clippers, Lakers and, and uh, Blazers are all kind of jostling around between eight and 10. And of course the Spurs and Pelicans aren't completely out of it yet either. So the Wolves are actually far more likely than not going to finish the year in seventh. Uh, Obviously that could change, but I would say the most likely position for them will be seventh. Um, I think Denver will get better. If Jamal Murray returns, that's going to look even better for them. Dallas, of course, shuffled a little bit at the, at the trade deadline. And so far that seems to have worked fairly well for them. I don't see the Clippers, this iteration of the Clippers or the Lakers really getting hot enough. Now, obviously anything could happen with LeBron James, but we're talking about, LeBron James in 2022, not LeBron James in 2017. Um, and 
I mean, Anthony Davis now sprained ankle out at least four weeks is the latest report before recording this. Uh, initially, they thought two. Now they're saying four weeks. Doesn't look good for either team from LA. So the Timberwolves may be pretty solidly in that seven spot with a shot to make a run at the Nuggets for sixth. Uh, I want to get to the upcoming schedule here in a minute, and I'll, I'll tell you why I think that that's a real possibility. First, though, I want to just kind of talk a little bit about where the Wolves are relative to expectations. So preseason, the over-under, I believe, at betonline.ag, if I'm not mistaken, was 35 and a half. It might have been 36 and a half, but it was in kind of that mid to upper 30s range. On this show, I thought the Timberwolves most likely final win total would be in the 41 to 43 range. And I believe my final prediction was 43 wins for the Timberwolves sitting here right now. The Wolves are at 31 and 28. They're on pace to win about 44 games. Um, so I'm going to very likely be within a game or two of my preseason prediction. Um, and the reason why I, I settled there is because this team had a lot of continuity for as much as we talk about the roster churn and about Gerson Rosas doing his thing and now more churn in the front office and a new ownership group and a new head coach. Chris Finch has barely been on the job for a year. He just coached his hundredth game for the Timberwolves. So it feels like there's been a lot going on, but like one through 13 on the roster, one through 12 on the roster is the exact same except for Torian Prince and Patrick Beverly. Um, the, the active roster is very, very similar. The best players are all the same best players as they were last year. The difference is, of course, uh, the difference is, of course, health. That's the biggest thing. Individual growth, uh, certainly in the case of Townsend Edwards, uh, maybe less so D'Angelo Russell, but he's played well this year, obviously, and, and has been healthy, which is the biggest thing. Um, and then obviously leadership and coaching. Um, you know, Chris Finch, is a very good head coach. He's better than his predecessor. He just is. He He's better at in-game adjustments. He's obviously somebody the players respect in the locker room. There's a lot to like about Chris Finch and leadership in general, which of course includes Finch and the coaching staff and to some extent the front office, uh, but also Patrick Beverly and uh, a very different leadership style. But you could say Tori and Prince. I mean, the two guys that they added are big in the locker room. They're big leaders for this team, and, and they're guys that the young players in the Timberwolves want to follow. Seems like Towns has continued to step up in that leadership-type role. Um, those are really the only differences, and I felt like this team was pretty decent last year and could have sniffed a 500 record had they stayed healthy at, at the right time, had Anthony Edwards played a little more early in the season and gotten better faster. But remember how good he was at the end of the year last year. He's mostly picked, that, picked up where he left off this season. Um, obviously peaks and valleys and now a little bit of an ankle sprain and it's never quite as clean or simple as we want it to be. But this shouldn't have been a surprise. And, and I said at the time, national folks had the wolves under, you know, the 36 and a half, 35 and a half, whatever it was, uh, you know, everybody, the, the kind of the running joke on this show is that the Kings were always ahead of the Timberwolves in, in like every power ranking before the season, which is always just patently absurd. There is no world in which the Kings are going to be better than the Timberwolves. And that's, that's, I'm just singling them out. Like the Spurs are another example of a team that was usually ahead of the Wolves in these power rankings before the season. Um, and I get that it's a, what have you done for me lately league, right? The Timberwolves were a bottom five team last year when it was all said and done. So these power rankings are basically done in, in reverse order of the standings from last year, or I guess, actual order of the standings for last year. But there should be a little more nuance than that. I think the folks doing the power rankings should realize that the Timberwolves are returning the majority of their roster that was injured last year. And when healthy, Towns, Russell, Edwards playing together, the Timberwolves were above 500. It just didn't happen very often. It was like less than 20 games. Um, so all that to say, where the Timberwolves are now should not be a shock, really. If, if you follow the Timberwolves and, and, and you're aware of the continuity that they've actually had and the growth that they've shown and how good of a coach Chris Finch is, 
This shouldn't be a shock. The question is, where do they go from here? What's the ceiling of this year's version of the team? Um, and then, of course, the longer-term question is, what does that mean next year? I mean, next season, there's there's a lot that could change during next season. Expiring contracts from D'Angelo Russell uh, expires after next year. Obviously, Patrick Beverly. Prince is a free agent this offseason. Carlton Towns will be extension eligible. Uh, Edwards is, I mean, I guess he's still got two years left on his rookie deal, but obviously that extension's coming eventually too. So that's a conversation for another day. But what does the result of this season have to do with how the Timberwolves play out the offseason and, and into next year, looking all the way ahead to the 2023 trade deadline? Um, it all starts with how this season ends up. And if the Timberwolves feel like the core that they have in place can get them past the play in or past potentially the sixth seed, uh, you know, in, in the Western Conference. Okay, next what I want to do is I want to look at uh, at the schedule right out of the break and, and as a whole in the second half and kind of predict where I think the Wolves will end up, what the win total could be, and why I think they've got a shot at making a run for the sixth seed when it's all said and done in the Western Conference. First, though, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is full steam ahead for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, uh, player performance props to where the next fired coach might land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, uh, and more. Right on down to the Olympic coverage for the rest of this week until that's over. Uh, plus, just general information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. All right. Uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. It's greatly appreciated. If you do listen on Apple or wherever you do, please subscribe. Uh, please like the video if you're watching on YouTube and help us out with the review, especially on, on Apple and some of those audio platforms. It definitely helps us out, get in front of more folks, and it's greatly appreciated. Um, as long as you're making Lockdown Wolves your first listen, don't forget you can make your next listen, the Lockdown Now podcast. Lockdown Now gives nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, uh, let's talk about the schedule out of the break here for the Wolves. Um, it's actually really tough. We've been hearing about how the Timberwolves have an easy second half schedule, easy second half schedule, and that's true, but it's hard to imagine a tougher schedule right out of the break. The Timberwolves next play uh, next Thursday, so six days from when you're listening to this. They take on the Memphis Grizzlies at home, great, but then they play the very next night, and of course Memphis is is uh, is third in the second in the Western Conference third, second in the Western Conference. They're right there. They're third in the Western Conference currently just a game and a half behind the Warriors who've lost a couple straight. Um, so it's Memphis on Thursday. Then you got Philadelphia on Friday. So you got a back-to-back -back right away. Grizzlies, new look Sixers. At that point, James Harden may be playing. We don't know. Uh, but still, not easy. And it's a back-to-back. -back. They get Saturday, Sunday off. And then another back-to-back. -back, but it's a road home back-to-back. -back. So Monday at Cleveland, a good team, surprisingly good this season. Uh, currently sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference, 12 games above 500. That's on the road Monday night. They fly back to the Twin Cities on Tuesday, the second half of a back-to-back, -back, road home back-to-back. -back. They take on the Golden State Warriors, who are second in the Western Conference. So you're facing the number three team in the West. The very next night, you face the Philadelphia 76ers, who are the number three team in the East. Get a couple days off. Go to Cleveland, the number four team in the East. The very next night, you're taking on the number two team in the West. So four teams that are all in the top three in their respective conference, or top four in their respective conference, I should say, you're facing on back-to-backs. 
Um, then they get two more days off, which is great. So back to back, two days off, back to back, two days off. They get Wednesday, Thursday off, and then they have another back to back. So their first six games out of the All Star break are three back to back sets, which is crazy. At least this one's a lot more palatable. They go to Oklahoma City for a one off on Friday, March fourth, to take on the Thunder, and then they travel back to the Twin Cities to take on Portland on the second half of that back to back. And then Portland plays in Minnesota again on Monday. So two consecutive games against Portland. And this is where the schedule really lightens up because you go from that kind of murderer's row of Memphis, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Golden State, and then you get OKC, Portland, Portland, OKC, Orlando, five straight games against really cellar-dwelling type teams. I know Portland's hanging around the 10 spot in the West, but uh, I mean, the Wolves should at least get a split in those two home games against Portland. And really, they should win both of them. And then really, I mean, there's obviously tough games in there. They face Miami, they face Milwaukee, they face Phoenix again. Dallas is in there a couple of times. Uh, but you've also got San Antonio. You've all, twice, actually. You got San Antonio twice. You get the Wizards who have been struggling. You have Houston once more. Um, so the schedule, once you get past that, those three back-to-backs and those four games against top four teams in either conference, things lighten up quite a bit. The Timberwolves get Denver one more time. Of course, Denver is who they're chasing for the sixth spot. To a lesser extent, Dallas. They face Dallas twice more still uh, this season and and have an opportunity to gain some ground against those teams. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think it's entirely possible the Timberwolves could get to the sixth seed. I said this earlier. I think the most likely scenario is they end up winning 44 games, give or take a game, 43, 44 games. Um, and they end up in the seven spot in the Western Conference. I think they do stay ahead of the Clippers and the Lakers and everything below them. I don't, I really don't think they fall below seven. Um, and obviously there's an advantage to being at seven versus being an eight, nine or 10 beyond just the seating, right? It, just in terms of the number of games you potentially could have to play um, and home court advantage for play in, et cetera. Uh, but catching Denver, I think it's more likely the Wolves end up in sixth than eighth is I guess maybe the best way to put that. I think they probably finish seventh. They could catch Denver uh, and maybe Dallas and Denver flip-flop, especially if Jamal Murray comes back. I, I kind of think that Denver and Dallas are both going to push Utah, frankly. I mean, Utah hasn't looked great lately. They're a little bit of a mess right now, and they're fourth in the Western Conference um, and only five and a half games ahead of the Wolves. I'm not saying the Jazz are going to fall completely out of the top six, but that's on the table. It's, it's not a crazy thing to consider. Um, so sitting here right now, I would up my preseason projection of 43 wins. I'd up it to 44. Uh, but I also feel pretty good about that, that, uh, um, that prediction. If I, if I don't, if I do say so myself, I feel good about that preseason prediction, but I'll adjust it up to 44. I'll say the Wolves finish in seventh and probably only a game, game and a half or game or two games behind the sixth spot, which will probably be, um, Dallas. I'm going to say Dallas falls to six and Denver gets to five. Um, but if that's the case, obviously the Wolves finish seventh. I think everyone's going to feel pretty good about this season. And, it, you know, similar to a Memphis last year or to a lesser extent, you know, a Phoenix or an Atlanta have really good feelings about what could happen next season for the Timberwolves, provided most of this roster stays intact. And I think most of it will. Um, now, of course, Atlanta has been nowhere near as good this year. They're still below 500. Um, but Phoenix and Memphis have both been extremely impressive. Phoenix is head and shoulders, the best team in the league by far. And uh, Memphis is, is uh, you know, solidly in that second tier, right? Um, and, and has made a huge leap this year. And, and I don't think a leap like that is off the table for the Wolves come next year either. Okay, I want to close the show today by looking at All-Star Weekend. There's a lot going on. The Wolves have somebody participating in all the events, or I should I should say on each night, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, for the first time in a very long time. Um, so I want to go through that here in just a second. Uh, first, though, before we get to that, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. 
This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution, though, because I actually enjoy eating Built Bars. Have you tried Built Puffs, though? Have, if you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including Puffs. 100% real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are truly better. And I mean, a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Uh, you know, usually what? 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. You can go to built bar dot, or excuse me, built.com, scroll down to the macros chart and you'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Compare the 240 calorie candy bar to just 130 calories from a built bar, which tastes just as good. Trust me, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein in built bars, mint brownie, coconut almond, uh, coconut, tons of different delicious flavors of built bar new for this month in February, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors come out all the time. If, if built thinks a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. And by the way, at built bar, they're all about taste. They make it delicious first and then figure out how to work backwards from there and make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they truly do pull it off every single time. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, All-Star Weekend. Um, kicks off on Friday night. The Timberwolves, uh, of course, the All-Star Celebrity Game is first uh, on uh, ESPN. And then everything kicks off over at TNT, all the good stuff. Friday night is the Rising Stars Challenge. And of course, this year, the format's different. The Timberwolves have two representatives in it. As of this recording, it seems like Anthony Edwards will play. Of course, he sprained his ankle Tuesday, missed the second half in overtime of the Wolves' win. But he did play Wednesday, even though he didn't play well and didn't look comfortable. He did play. So all indications are that he would play on Friday night. Um, of course, this year, instead of the two teams, rookie sophomores or more recently, Team USA versus the world, it's four different teams. There was a draft done by NBA legends, Team Worthy, Team Payton, Team Isaiah, and Team Barry. Of course, Rick Barry, Isaiah Thomas, Gary Payton, and uh, James Worthy. And the way this broke out is Jade McDaniels ended up on Team Payton, and Anthony Edwards ended up on Team Isaiah. They're going to play a tournament. Um, the winners, of, and they're going to play to a set number. Uh, what is it? I think it's, uh, it's a 50 points. So... Whoever's matched up in the first round will play a game to 50 points. The two winners then play a third game, the championship, and to, to play to 25 points. So I don't think they've said which team is playing which at this point. Um, I think that that's going to be a random a random draw, if I'm not mistaken, because I'm not, I, like it says team A and team B, but I don't see any letters uh, assigned. So we don't know yet who's playing who, but hopefully McDaniels and Edwards get to play each other. I think that'd be a ton of fun. Um, and also this format allowed more players to be able to participate, which is which is always a good thing. Um, so that should be a lot of fun Friday night. There's also the, the uh, Clorox Clutch Challenge, which is essentially a shooting competition on Friday night. No Timberwolves in it, but that's kind of a new thing uh, and should be fun as well. Saturday night, is, of course, All-Star Saturday, uh, you know, all the stuff that comes with that. The skills competition, which looks a little different this year. The three-point contest and the slam dunk contest. Skills competition this year is uh, Team Rooks, which will have three rookies, Scotty Barnes, uh, Kate Cunningham, and Josh Giddy against a team of three Cavs players. 
and then Team Atentacupos, which is exactly what you think it would be, which is the three Atentacupo brothers, two of co- two of whom, of course, are on the Milwaukee Bucks roster. Um, but if that'll be the skills challenge, I guess, three teams against each other. Three-point contest, Carl Anthony Towns is in that this year, of course. And of the list of eight guys that are participating, only two of them actually have better three-point shooting percentages than Towns to this point in the season. That's Desmond Bain and Luke Kennard of the Clippers. Bain, of course, the Grizzlies, Kennard of the Clippers. Everybody else is actually shooting worse than Towns from outside the arc. And I tend to think, I know bigs don't generally do well in this in this competition. I actually think Towns is going to do pretty well. He doesn't jump very much at all on his shot. His release is easy. Um, he's smooth enough that I think he can he can get all of his shots off. That's always an issue with the bigs, especially if they jump high in their on uh, on their jump shot too. Is getting all your shots in, staying in a rhythm, but completing all the racks of balls. And I think Towns can do that. Um, now he hasn't been good from the corners in a game situation this year, or last year, but before that, he had one year he was over fifty percent from the corners, and even still for his career, he's like forty two percent from the corners, which is good, not great. But I I feel like. Towns is enough of a rhythm shooter. I think he can make those. We all know he's fantastic straight away. It's can he make enough in the slots, really? Uh, but I think he's, I, I don't know. I, I would pick, now Zach Levine is participating. He was just cleared to play, even though he's missed some time recently with an injury for the Bulls. I mean, if I'm picking a winner in this, I actually think Towns is one of the top, maybe two or three guys I would pick out of these eight. I would probably, I would probably actually pick Towns. Um, and, Maybe, I mean, Levine was in it before and did not win. I think Levine and uh, Kennard would be the other two guys that I'd look at in this one. But I think Towns has a real shot of winning. Um, slam dunk competition Saturday night. Cole Anthony of the Magic. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson of the Warriors. Obi Toppin of the Knicks. And Jalen Green of the Rockets. That should be a lot of fun. That's a pretty good quartet. Um, so that's Saturday night. And then the big show on Sunday. And of course, the the in the headlining game, uh, team Durant ended up with Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, and Andrew Wiggins. Of course, Wiggins was voted as a starter by the fans, but then Durant drafted Towns and Levine. Uh, Towns was one of his first selections when they drafted all-star teams. So no doubt we'll get to see Wiggins, Levine, and Towns on the court together at some point in that game. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And um, that's that's Sunday night. We, of course, Towns hasn't played in the game in three years. Uh, he was injured two years ago. Last year had a rough first half and also was a little bit banged up. Um, and so he hasn't played in this game since 2019. So that should be, you know, good for Cat. He said post game on Wednesday that he's going to go and try to win the MVP. He's going to try and, of course, win the three point competition Saturday, but he's going to go for all star MVP on Sunday, which is a great mindset. You want Towns to have that mindset. And uh, I mean, he's got a shot. I mean, he's a big that obviously can make threes. Traditional big men, you know, uh, don't typically do much in this in this uh, game. It's all about three pointers nowadays. Um, and so, I mean, I don't know, we'll see if Towns gets the ball in his hands enough to win, but he could rack up some rebounding numbers. And if he knocks down a few threes and his team wins, I'd say he has a shot to win the MVP of, of the whole weekend though. I think the big thing to watch is him in the three point competition on Saturday night. Um, I think Edwards is probably going to take it easy Friday. Jane McDaniels, I guess the way he's played of late, who knows, but he's probably not going to get the ball enough or be aggressive enough with the ball in his hands to, to like win MVP or anything of the rising stars games on Friday. So I think Towns for three point uh, shooting champion is what I would watch for on Saturday night. All right. Um, next week on the show, we are going to do a round table, uh, conversation with a few other locked on hosts. Um, I'm in a group of hosts, uh, that's basically bubble teams. So, uh, the Lakers are part of it. I believe the Clippers, uh, the Mavericks, 
the Nuggets, it's pretty much the teams that are like in that five to nine range currently in the Western Conference are going to be part of this roundtable conversation. That'll be a, an episode next week. I think Wednesday's show, Wednesday or Thursday next week before we get back into games. Um, so that'll be a really fun episode. And then early in the week, I want to break down, get a little bit more in the weeds on the numbers, the, the year to date. Uh, in terms of numbers, some individual numbers as well as team statistics last year compared to this year, areas the Wolves are better or worse than I expected them to be this season. Um, so we're going to talk through all of that here. Uh, that'll be early next week, and then the roundtable will be middle of the week. And of course, Thursday is when uh, Wolves-Grizzlies happens and the second half, unofficial second half of the season, the final 29% of the season uh, gets underway. So um, that'll be that'll be next week. Otherwise, enjoy All-Star Weekend um, and, uh, you know, We'll, of course, be back on Monday uh, with with the Monday show. So uh, that's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Lockdown Wolves. And again, a thank you for making the show your first listen. Genuinely appreciated. A reminder, you can watch the show on YouTube as well as listen to it anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey. Those are just a few of the places you can listen to the show. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. A reminder that Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And of course, the Lockdown Podcast Network is uh, your experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.